Hey, hey, Wash fam, this is Randy Havens. Randy, Randy Havens. And you're listening to Brunch. Brunch. On Wash Media. Brunch. Hit it, boys. You didn't think I would do it. I went to a soccer bar. You went to a soccer bar. I went to a soccer bar, watched the Champion League fi- Champions League? Yeah, Champions, Champions League. Champions League final. Walked in was immediately the only asshole there wearing a ween shirt. Everybody was wearing uh Chelsea stuff. Guess. Yeah, yeah, soccer stuff. There was one guy that was a Manchester City guy. Boo. And I had to keep it to myself. I was like, ooh, I never ended up picking a Premier League team, but when I was gonna do it. I was maybe going to pick Manchester City because I like their kits. But I, if I can recall, you didn't want to do it because they have the exact same kits as uh, New York football club. They look like NYCFC. So then I just quit that whole project and focused back on MLS. But let me tell you, that was a very good... That, first of all, I don't know why I didn't just support Chelsea. They're royal blue. Very maybe nice. it was because I was in a sea of it. It looked great. They got cool sponsors, the whole thing. They're wearing soccer balls on their uh, on their sleeves, but I think it was, is that like the Champions League logo or something? I'm not sure. They had soccer balls on their <laughs> sleeves, and I was like, I'm all for that. But great experience. At the end, a guy, there, there was like a hierarchy of like clicks among like soccer bars and people like after the game. I've noticed that too. Like, I've, there's like I'm a po- gonna, there's like right. popular kids and stuff. Yeah, and like there's like a there's basically like a governance. It feels like totally. So after I, people were going crazy, but even when it was scoreless, I was like, once they score, someone's gonna go nuts. I just said scoreless. That was incorrect. Even when it was zero zero, that there's was always the score. the score. That was the score. Went crazy. The only Manchester City guy in the bar said. Uh, Starting to get pretty quiet in here, huh? And immediately, Chelsea scored the only goal of the game. <laughs> that was the best. But, yeah, what really won me over was at the after the game, everyone's cheering, having a good time, getting each other shots. It was a whole scene. I hear, like, people start clapping. I hear, like, two claps. And then I hear, like, and I hear three claps. And I hear, if you hear the sound of my voice, clap four times. One, two, three, four. If you hear the sound of my voice, clap five times. One, two, three. And I was like... What's going on? I said to my, one of my friends, I was like, is this a soccer thing? And he was like, no, it's just that guy's just getting everybody's attention. And this guy gave a speech. It was like the best speech I've ever heard. Okay. About like what a special day it was, how great it was to be with everybody. And everybody cheered. And I, let's say the guy's name is Chris. I was like, who's that? I was like, does this guy own the bar or something like that? And they were like, no, that's Chris. He's like kind of... Like the most popular guy. <laughs> that is unbelievable. And I was like, I need to become a Chelsea supporter. And Just I so need... I can be friends with that guy. And I, yeah, I need to be like Chris's like right-hand man. Like I, <laughs> I need to be, you know, in um, Role Models, how Ken Jeong's uh, character yeah. has like, I forget their names, but it's like a bunch of like UCB guys mm-hmm. that just kind of fall around. UCB! UCB! <laughs> I, uh... I was like, I, I don't know if this guy is like a crew or something like that, but I would like to be friends with this guy. I've never seen anybody like 
command a bar like that and i've just never seen also like, like when when have you ever been an adult and been like i need to be in on that guy's crew like i need to be friends with him. i need to get in with him that's like not a never, thing that you, you experienced since like friends. high school yeah right you've yeah. never been like oh, that guy's popular you're right but i was like ask, ask around i was like hey so uh you know chris and they're everyone knows chris chris is the best and i was like what is it about him? Because as soon as he started to give a... Spe- I think mainly it was like the way he got everyone's attention, doing the, like, if you hear my voice, clap this many times. It's a cool move. Because the clapping gets people's attention, and then, like, everybody's silent the rest of the time. It was really cool. So I'm still not necessarily in on Premier League, but it was a great game. I noticed some differences between MLS. I'm starting to realize, like, I'm picking up a little soccer knowledge. Yeah, like, just the soccer is better. In Mainly Premier that, League. yeah. <laughs> I don't know any of the terms or anything, but I was like, when this guy does that thing, it's a lot different in MLS. Mainly, they're just in way, way, way better shape. Yes. Like, they can have one guy legitimately just follow the ball mm-hmm. and sprint and track the ball the entire time. Soccer, man. Don't sleep on it. It's a good sport. It's a good sport. Shout our guy Will DeFreeze come on to talk uh, to talk some shop. Fellow Verde guy. Yeah, that's right. Does, does he support? Well, what do you mean fellow Ver- Verde guy? We yeah. haven't made a decision. Oh, I know. You can join if you want. The The Verde You're decision in? has been made. Oh, yeah. You're like the biggest Revs guy in the world. Yeah, You're but gonna they, be they're going to be like... a split supporter? Yes, they're going to be like my Chargers. Okay. I'm like, for, for absolutely no reason at all... I was the weighing like Philip Rivers. But. I was weighing like, am I going to be a Revs guy or am I going to be a Verde guy? You should be both. It's so easy. They play the in different mean conferences. Nothing to me. You know what the Revs mean? They mean a lot to the standings because they are at the top of them. Revs best team in the East. All I'm gonna say is that we've been we've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of pressuring Bud Light and and Budweiser mm-hmm. to really earn our earn our love. And well, I guess that's not true. We we're gonna love them no matter what. But like. I'm putting the pressure on the New England Revolution, Revolution, because like they flirt hardcore with you, yeah, and like they followed me on Twitter a while back, and like I haven't gotten anything out of it. Maybe they're not liking what you're seeing, maybe, what they're seeing. Maybe, maybe I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Well, that's impossible. You can, you're doing the you can't fire me. I quit that's thing. right. <laughs> when that's just impossible because since you've heard about the Revs, they've been nothing. But awesome. They're first place in the East. They signed Carlos Heel to a new deal. Carlos Heel is the bomb. Matt Turner having a great season. They're, the, the Revs are where it's at. Even, I need them to show a little bit of love. Like in the form of give you some stuff yes. or something? <laughs> yeah. Okay, they've got they've got some pretty... Buy they, my they, love. They put out a new kit every five seconds. That's a I know. I wanted thing. that fucking throwback one so bad. They didn't give it to you? No. You should flirt with them i did you should say i think that i was like god damn i need one of these and like they liked the tweet and i never got anything out of it interesting i don't know sons of bitches flirt a little harder no revs are revs are where it's at today's the today's the the tent reckoning it really is just an overwhelming amount of stuff we've got a quiet place too we've got dog joker we've got mayor of east town and we've got the friends reunion honestly I kind of want to start with the Friends reunion because I feel that that's the most likely to get forgotten about. Like we could Probably. accidentally squeeze that out, and it's also like the the, uh, the oldest. 
That's right. It happened all the way Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happened all the way Thursday. A lot of fluff in it, but I think definitely worth watching. And I liked it. Made me feel a lot of good things. Yeah, same. I agree. I think that it was a bit all over the place, like, and uh, just a lot of stuff that I didn't need. But um, this. Like and it's but it's hard to say that I was disappointed because I had no expectations. I wasn't waiting for this. I wasn't like, oh god, I, I really need a Friends cast reunion documentary special. Like there was never any expectations for it. So, um, you know, I obviously love Friends. It's been a big part of my life for a long time, and and just like seeing the intimate stuff between the cast, seeing them reunite, especially like on the set and in that environment was was really really cool like the only stuff that i really really felt strongly about was the intimate stuff get rid of like the uh the sit down with james corden at the oh yeah nothing valuable came from that that's not true one valuable thing came from that what are you kidding me what well go go ahead but go ahead finish your thought what val what valuable thing i mean you might say it and i'll be like okay yeah but i i don't remember anison and schwimmer Oh yeah, yeah. When they talked about them having like a huge crush on each other yeah. and stuff, yeah, that was uh, that was a big thing. But I feel like that could have came up anyway. That could have came up anyway. Um, I agree with you though. The focus. You, may, you could have made like a twenty to maybe even thirty minute thing that was awesome, and then just use like the use like shots of Justin Bieber walking as was Bieber who did Bieber dress as he was the uh he wasn't the, the holiday he armadillo was, he, was, he was Sputnik oh yeah right he was Sputnik so make make little silly things like that or Gaga singing smelly cat make those like transitions little transitions yeah. like five second transitions because there was so much fluff like no offense shout out Mindy Kaling I don't need to hear that Mindy Kaling loved Friends growing up. Right. I can imagine that Mindy Kaling David loved Friends. David Beckham. Yeah, like I, I can imagine that people who lived in the 90s loved Friends growing up. And honestly, you're not going to get a better I loved Friends going growing up perspective and stories than the ones that we've gotten from Lena Waithe anyway. So like... That's already that that's already been done. Yeah, and they you can't and like, beat it. They did like the stuff with like the random people around the world and like what friends meant to them. I thought that stuff that was, was cool. I thought that stuff was kind of cool, but it it was like it felt like they were trying to convince us that like friends was important. And like I'm watching this. I know that friends is important. I'm watching this because I already am interested in friends. The reason that people are watching this is because they want to see the reunion between the people. Oh, yeah. And, and so, like, th- that other stuff is so unnecessary. Save that for a documentary about friends. My favorite thing about it was... Not my favorite thing about it, but a great thing early on is that they had people show up one by one. That was very, very cool. I thought that it was appropriate. Haters, back off. I thought it was appropriate that they started with Schwimmer because... He was the heartbeat of that show. No one wants to admit it, but he was. Uh, I mean, that the show wants to admit it. That they made that very clear. Oh the, yeah, uh, yeah. The they were like, like this he was the is David the guy. Show. Yeah, yeah. And I, I liked the when they talked about the casting because I, I remembered it as Courtney Cox was the only known was like the only celebrity on that show. She was the biggest. She was. Um, but it was interesting that they were like, we intentionally didn't want to have anybody who was huge yet. So we went with Schwimmer, who it's Schwimmer. Sound, it sounded like he was like kind of like the Jason Bateman of back then. He was like, like hot they shit would, behind, like, like not try, behind the scenes, but like people in the industry knew like him. People, yeah, like people wanted to 
like they were always like David Schwimmer pilots, and yeah. people were like, we, we should be able to make it with David Schwimmer, and it shouldn't work. They've said about Arrested Development that like a big reason why people thought it it wouldn't take off was apparently at that point Jason Bateman was like that, where like he was like the guy that should be in the next show, and they tried him so many times, and none of them had taken off. So when he did Arrested Development, people were like. Oh, a Jason Bateman project. project. Yeah. Wonder how this will go. Um, yeah, but like I, I, I think that that mentality works, and that's also a reason why now I don't want a uh, like. For a while, I was like, man, they should they should do a Friends, not a reboot, but like they should um, do like an uh, episode that checks in on them, or something. right? And and like I know that a lot. Of, I saw a lot of people say like, why did they do this like reunion thing and not do uh, like a special where that they're in character and it's a scripted thing. I don't want that now because like even watching this, all these people have gotten so famous since friends that it's now like you see Jennifer Anderson, you don't see Rachel, you see David Schwimmer, you don't see Ross, like on and on and on. Like that is why I believe that they didn't want to cast known actors going into this. They didn't want people watching the show and being like being taken out of it by being like that is a, an actor that I know. Yeah. I like that when they showed up one by one. Matt LeBlanc, who by far friends by far meant the most to to him. Yeah, that was like that was apparent just with how they all talked about the show. And Matt LeBlanc, he's like he a happy to be there. Yeah, like guy. didn't even try to hide it. He was like, I was making dinner the other day, and we had friends on, and it was this episode, and I was so happy. And like Schwimmer's, like I think Schwimmer and Kudrow both said that like they didn't really watch the show. Uh, but when they're showing up one by one, before Courtney Cox has gotten there. They take the opportunity to put out there that Courtney Cox was the worst actress out of all, or <laughs> yeah. worst actor out of all of them, and that she used to have to have to hide scripts all over the place. And the story—I mean, this is super mean—of she had a script like on the table or something on the kitchen table, yeah, yeah. the kitchen table, and not, not like the script on the kitchen. She wrote the script on the kitchen. Oh, table. Oh, right, right. And LeBlanc asked, like, "What's that?" And she was like, "Don't worry about it." And he didn't like that. She kind of brushed him off or something, so he hit it. <laughs> so he erased it. Oh, he right. erased it from the table, and she, and she was like, "That's so mean. Why did you do that?" And he's like, "Well, to fuck with you." Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I liked it. I did like I liked the stuff with Aniston and Schwimmer saying that they were into each other. I did. It did seem like that was kind of planted. That they were like, "This is the juicy revelation that we'll give you." LeBlanc said it was. BS that they never got together. Uh, out the line of Aniston saying that if the first time we kiss is on TV, like that'll be such a sin. I thought it was very, very romantic. So that was pretty cool. Do you know who the people they were seeing at the time were? So the story, if people didn't watch it, were that they liked each other and were always in different, re- were always in relationships. So they were never single at the same time. So as they put it, they never got together. Matt LeBlanc semi-jokingly said that that's, that's a lie true. Yeah. yeah uh i don't i don't remember who they were i mean like the easy guess would be brad pitt but now that you're asking that question it makes me uh say that that's probably incorrect i know that there was an adam duritz moment for jennifer aniston that is correct so duritz was in the picture wow. during that and schwimmer was in i think a pretty long-term relationship with Natalie Imbruglia. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? What a weird... Like, in, two musicians. Yeah. And you know, after... I didn't know that... Do you know who Tate Donovan is? Yeah. He's played Joshua on mm-hmm. the show, of course. 
he came on the show after he got out of a relationship with Jennifer Aniston. Really? Yeah. Playing Jennifer Aniston's love interest Playing on Jennifer the show. Playing Jennifer Aniston's love interest. And I found a quote from him that was like, oh, yeah, that was like the worst experience of my life. Like, oh, I would, yeah, no. he said that he would like just like cry in between scenes oh, and everything. Jesus. I'm like, man, I... At first, I was like, "Do I need a, do I need like a behind the scenes friends thing?" And now that I got a little taste, it's got me googling. Damn, that's yeah. wild. That's gonna be like a really tough position for Tate Donovan because, like, on one hand, this is really really painful, yeah. and on the other hand, it's like, well, this is fucking Friends, the biggest show in the world. Gotta, right. gotta do it for my career. <laughs> Can't turn this down. That's crazy. How does Jennifer Aniston allow that to happen, though? I don't know. I think... maybe did maybe she broke up with him and wasn't feeling all that like. Yeah, sentimental about it. I think she did the like, oh, uh, it's fine. Like, we weren't like officially together or anything, <laughs> and like we're fine. Like we're friends. We were friends who kind of crossed that line, but we're always going to be friends. And Tate Donovan's like, I'm in love with you. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like we were practically <laughs> living together. You were my life. She's like, I, I, we don't have to like make it a big thing or anything. Tate Donovan just crushed. Tate Donovan's got a great smile. Yeah, he's he's got a, like a nice, uh, charming presence to him. And you know what? I'm looking at pictures of uh, young Tate Donovan with uh, with Jennifer his Aniston. his lady Jennifer Aniston. They look great together. Hell yeah. He uh, he also dated Sandra Bullock. Wow, not to Good just like pry into Tate, Dun- Tate Donovan's life, but yeah, he was very very handsome guy. Still is. Congratulations. Tate Donovan. I was surprised he he wasn't brought back for the reunion. Everybody else was. Yeah, literally everybody. And like that's another thing that I didn't. But Paul need. Rudd. That's yeah. He was there. Oh no, he wasn't there. They brought up um, that like he he was discussed as like the biggest person that wasn't back there. Um. Yeah, I didn't need the all the um all the cameos from from like the guests and stuff. They a lot of the times they just didn't bring anything to the table like they brought gunther on and it was just like hey there's gunther how'd you feel about being on friends and he was like it was awesome and they're like all right cool gunther see you later yeah just like, like thomas lennon i felt like that was more of like uh hey did you know that the hand twin was played by thomas lennon and you're like right yeah okay gunther did make a great appearance in episodes where matt LeBlanc, it's a show i watched oh, right, yeah. i think i told you about it where like uh Two British writers are forced to do like an American version of their show, and Matt LeBlanc is forced upon them, and they hate Matt LeBlanc, and he's terrible, and he brings nothing to the table, and he's a terrible actor, and he just coasts on and the he fact plays, that he, he plays was like Joey. a wash. Yeah, he, does he? Does it, is it like explicitly said like he played Joey on Friends? Because I know, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he okay. plays. Uh, yeah, he plays himself. Okay, and one of the episodes is they need to get someone else from friends on the show because they need the ratings so he's calling around and everybody on friends hates him and like jennifer aniston won't talk to him it's a whole thing and like they shoot the episode and uh, i think he plays a like a high school hockey coach so the they do the episode and then like the episode ends with gunther being like hey let's say his character's name is chris uh he's like hey chris Nice game. And that's it. Really? And then, like, <laughs> like, the only thing that he could get was Gunther, who would only say one line. I think at the end, the guy who plays Gunther is like, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, no no problem. Just, like, don't tell Jen that 
I, I did this. Like she, I, she, she'd hate me for it or something. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, did you get the sense during the special that like any of them harbored resentment towards any other ones? I was wondering that because especially with them bringing so many people back, I was like, it would be impossible for there to not be any hard feeling. I even wanted that with Paul Rudd. I was like, did somebody have an issue with Paul Rudd and say, like, you know, it'd just be better if we, we don't get them all together. I don't know. I talked to other people, and the read that they got was that it seemed like Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston were, like, best friends. I didn't necessarily get that. It, maybe... The, I know that they've hung out before. Like, they post pictures and stuff together quite a bit. Okay, so, like, they, they, they've remained super close. I don't know. It seemed like everyone kind of has done their own thing. I know it... I, I loved what Matthew Perry said at the end of, like, if we ever see each other out... That was, like, the honestly, my favorite up, part yeah. of the whole thing. He was, like, people just got to know, like, I'm going to be with that person for the rest of the night. I-, I-, I loved that, and I believed that. But I don't know if people necessarily harbored ill will. I think that Matthew Perry was definitely the most distant from it. Well, yeah, and, like, it broke my heart that, like, so many people were fucking making fun of him because of, like... The, oh, were they? Yeah, I saw, like, a lot of people being, like he like looks fucked up or like he like had trouble speaking and i know that he had emergency dental surgery before yeah like pretty pretty soon before the the special was taped and also like i know that he was he was looks sort of out of it and like a lot of people said that he he looked like he couldn't keep up with what was going on but i was also like i had it in the back of my head the entire time that like that's probably a much more difficult situation for him being there and being around all those people than anybody else that's there because obviously he's had his demons. And oh like, yeah, and he like I for, think he for everybody said else that he doesn't remember. He a doesn't lot of remember friends. like yeah. like a few full seasons. So like everybody there rec- recollecting on how it's like some of the best memories of their lives. He probably doesn't remember some of those memories. He also like it's probably a very complicated situation where. That is the best, some of the best years of his life, but it's also some of the worst years of his life. So, like, that is such a complex situation for Matthew Perry to be there. And it was just like, really, it, it felt really mean that a lot of people on, were like online being like, yo, this guy looks fucked up. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you kind of said it, but it must be super weird having people talk about and celebrate stuff that you did that you're not 100% on and the stuff of like i needed to get a laugh i always need to get a joke in there like if people weren't laughing at me then i felt like i was failing i was like man there that was such a obviously a lot of people are wired that way a lot of like comedic actors and a lot of like actors and stuff just they they can't watch their own stuff and that was discussed too Mm -hmm. um that i forget who said it but they're like i can't watch i think it was actually mac leblanc he was like Oh no! I don't know. Somebody who was like, "Oh, I you said I don't believe I. I, I don't, don't believe, believe myself yeah. because I. I'm the I know, one doing it. Right? I know. Like you guys are great on the show, but like I watch me and I don't believe a fucking thing that I'm saying because I know that it's a job for me. Yeah. Shout out Matt LeBlanc being a real one and being like, I watched Joey and I'm like, what the hell's that? <laughs> right. I know that's not explicitly what he said. I did think about that. I was like, should we watch the show Joey at some point? Was that I couldn't tell if he had made a joke. They were like, "What do you What do you think that your character would be doing now?" I did. Did he make a Joey joke where I he don't was like, "No," but I was wondering if like they would shed a lot of light on that because I know that everybody. I think like David Crane was really angry about Joey. Really? I believe so. I feel like they 
that's one of the criticisms that I have, and I don't have a lot, again, because there weren't many uh, expectations. But one of the criticisms that I kind of took away was they didn't really go anywhere. Right. Like they, like, they shied away. And I know that it's like a moment of celebration about, like, what the what the show was and bringing the cast back together. But I feel like it it would have been at least admirable had they discussed some of the show's failures. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I knew the Ursula Mad About You thing. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? No. So I knew that they're, that like Friends and Mad About You existed in the same universe because Phoebe's twin sister was a, originally a character on Mad About You. But I didn't know how that came to be. I thought that was super interesting that when they were casting the show and trying to figure out what Phoebe should be, that... Was it David Crane's boyfriend, or I don't know if they were married at that point or whatever, but uh, whoever David Crane was seeing, partner, was like, what about Ursula for Mad About You? And they were like, just like, take Ursula for Mad About You and put her on the show? And they're like, yeah, just change her name and have her tone it down like 20%. And... I, there were obviously Phoebe Ursula episodes. I right. think that everyone knows about Ursula, but that got me wondering too. Like, should we watch Mad About You? Because that's Helen Hunt, and Helen Hunt was great. Who's the other guy in? Uh, it's Paul. Uh, Paul, Paul Reiser. Yeah. So two brunch favorites. Yeah. Whiplashes. People Paul love Reiser. Mad About You too. They do. I remember. I don't remember the music for it, but I remember the music for Mad About You being very good. It's a great uh, title for a sitcom. Yeah. Totally nineties. Love it. Uh, the we're Ross and Rachel on a break question was a little anticlimactic. Yeah, everybody's like, yes, 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 yes. Of yes, course, yes. right? She said they were on a break. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. I like, I enjoyed it. I might go back and watch it at some point uh, down the line just to kind of watch those those um, cast moments. Yeah, but again, I feel like it, I feel like it could have been better, and I feel like it could have been if it, if it couldn't have been better, it could have been shorter. And more concise and packed, more of a punch. Like, there's mm-hmm. just too much fluff, like you said. Last thing I'll say on this was, it, of course, brought out all the, guess what? I don't think Friends was that good oh of a show, God. people. That is, I tweeted this, but not liking Friends is not a personality trait. And yeah. people really think it is. Like, I think that... Even people who watched Friends, lived through Friends, and loved Friends understand now that like Friends wasn't that great. It could it could still mean a lot to you because right. you grew up with it, and obviously it had a lot of issues. Like we right. said, like yeah. extremely homophobic. Uh, lack of rep- representation in that show is bonkers. But so like you can obviously point out that, like and you can also Friends had a lot of issues. Friends was like the whitest show in the world, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and it also got bad. Like you yeah. can point out that it, it there were bad seasons of Friends, right? But I mean, people who grew up in the '90s though and are like, "Do you ever notice that Friends stinks?" Or like, "I didn't think Friends was good." Like, there's a good chance you were lying. You right. probably yeah. liked Friends, and you probably grew up going to school talking about Friends and at like, school the next day. And even if you think that Friends sucks and you think that Friends is overrated, to be like, Friends sucks, why are we doing this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, because it was the fucking biggest show of the, the, the 90s and early 2000s. Like, even if you think the show sucks, right. it has a massive cultural impact and people do love it. Why is Taylor Swift playing a stadium? Her last album wasn't even that good. <laughs> right. 
because she has sold a bajillion albums and everybody likes her. Yeah, but like, listen to Steely Dan. Isn't Steely Dan so much better? Yes. <laughs> uh, you want to do Quiet Place 2, Mare? You want to do Dog Joker? Um, let's do, uh, let's do Mare. Let's do Mare. Let's uh, do the TV stuff and then we'll get into the movies. Congratulations stuff. are in order. You had two guesses as to who did it and your first guess was like the second place did it person yeah. and your second guess was the first place who did it person. So congratulations. Thank you. Round of applause. Swish. What would you like to say for yourself? Uh, I'm proud of myself, I guess. Like it, it was, uh, this is about you. This is your moment. It, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, I was like, wh- when it, when it happened, cause you do mention the fact that like I did get one and two in like succession. And then when, uh, when the first one happened, I was like, Oh fuck. Like, it happened so early in the finale that I was like, yeah. this has got to be wrong. And so I, I'm 0 for 1 here. And then the second one happened, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm batting a That thousand. gives you like an A-. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do want to say, like, I did a good job, but I also do want to say that, like, does that, does that take points away from the, the show that I was able to guess it? No. And this made me want... I didn't have this point when you got it, but then... I had this point when I saw our friend Jim Murray tweet, like, I called this from the first episode, like, hell yeah. I think I am out. And I'll, this is now post Maravie's Town, so you're, you definitely get your win. <laughs> you first place in the miniseries Who Did It standings. I think I'm out on being impressed by guessing who did it. Because we don't know how they did it. That's true. Like we we have six or seven options. I mean, right? I, yeah, but I did like you, I, you I provided it. some detail into how that happened when I said uh, the second guess. I don't know. Are we doing spoilers? Yeah. Well, you you said like the, the there was obviously some rage there with the second. Well, I said that. Yeah, I said there was some rage there, and I said uh, he probably found out about the thing, and like I, I I guessed the motive, and I guessed the the cover up into into how some of that stuff evolved okay so then that that's i mean that's as close to full credit as full credit gets but i feel like every time we go into and i did this last week every time we go into a finale of of like a whodunit we're like who do you think did it and everyone gives their guesses again we have like between let's say six and ten options and then the story is explained so it's therefore this person did it and if you just guessed that person (laughs) you're like nailed it i absolutely knew it and you're like Eh, you you guessed correctly. Uh, I I liked the explanation. I didn't like the explanation. Obviously, very dark ending. But the the show for sure showed its work. It had enough red herrings that it wasn't bogus. I think the only there was one bogus one, and that was Dylan. And yeah, that one's a little uh, little loose. Like it for it, sure the like. He just wanted to make sure that he could keep his kid sort of deal. It's like, well, we didn't see literally anything throughout that entire show run. Whole that show would about suggest, him not wanting to keep yeah. his kid. So that one felt a little thin. But I, uh, th- there can be annoying, annoying red herrings where it's just like, I know that you're just trying to fucking throw this in to throw me off. And it's, it's you're wasting my time by doing this shit. 
they had a lot of offshoots of the like the main storyline and it never felt like any of that was unnecessary or like unrelated to what we were trying to get towards yeah it was just uh, uh, all of it felt very cohesive and very relevant to what we were watching in the story that we were trying to get to and i think that's the best thing that i can say about mayor of east town is that like it kept all of the options open for a very, very long time, and it did so in a manner that that kept you entertained and engaged the entire way. Yeah, I mean, I, I threw in a group text. I was like, could it possibly be the writer friend? Because he's got to be there for some reason. But, like, the reason can simply be, like, this is also a person who is alive and... Maybe they go on dates and maybe they see this person or whatever. Like, not everything actually has to be about the and the, the murder. And yeah, and I also think that it's necessary to have an outside perspective of like somebody who's not from East Town. And I know that uh, Sobel was was that for a little bit. Yeah, but also like uh, like um, what's his name? The the writer guy. Yeah, is, the writer guy. The writer guy is the personal perspective personal side of mayor's outsider whereas sobel is the uh the professional uh, outsider yeah once they said it was john in the beginning of the finale i was going to text you you were, you were behind because you were having uh, hbo trubs and actually i felt very bad i was the only person who was not having hbo issues on sunday night feel guilty about it and i was like i feel guilty because i did i did the watch it in the That's last true. week and now i'm getting the finale i'm having the shortest wait possible and um so i couldn't text you guys about it but when they said it was john in the beginning of the episode i was gonna text you like congratulations for probably the next two to three minutes mm-hmm. because once that happened once they said it was john and there wasn't any sort of like flashback or showing how it happened it was like okay I thought I was like, all right, so it's either Lori or the kid at this point. And it also happened in like the first 10 minutes. Yeah. So it was an hour long finale. If that shit happens in 10 minutes, you got a lot of time to kill. Although when did they say in the dream, a little dream of me, Nicole Kidman, Hugh Grant show, when did they make it clear that it was? Well, when he kidnapped the kid and and took him, that was a pretty clear indication that he had, uh, he'd kind of fucked up. True. True. This is... I gotta do a breaking news. Randy tweeted... Randy tweeted, Okay, okay, okay. Cruella was really good. Would have been great, but the music was so bad, I wanted to gouge my eyes out. Uh, Calling you now live on brunch. (laughs) Podcast. Hold on a second. I don't even know what to do with this guy oh shit uh also breaking news churches is debuting a new song tomorrow with uh the lead singer from the cure really yeah if it goes to voicemail i'm gonna hang out because that would be weird randyhavens.com hi randy havens hi randy Randy. Hi, this is DJ Bean from Brunch. You're live on the Brunch Podcast. Uh, I've got uh, Pete Blackburn here. Pete, want to say hi? You're on with Randy Havens. Hi, Randy Havens. Hey there. Um, uh, are you guys just in a room somewhere? You could just, you could Zoom me. You want to Zoom? Want to Zoom this? 
Yeah, why don't you zoom me? Okay. Will Pete, do we have the technology to Zoom, Pete? Uh, we it? do. Do you have a Discord? Yeah, I got Discord. Yeah, Discord? send me your Discord. Why don't you text, bunch of, text Pete Blackburn your Discord information? We'll have you right on, Randy. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds great. I'll be there in a minute. Okay, Perfect. we'll talk to you soon. All right, that was Randy Havens. He's going to make another appearance on the pod. That was Randy's first appearance on today's podcast. He'll be on <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, if you want to set up what you need to set up, yeah, well, I can. Let's do a read. Okay, let's do a read. You want to do the read? Sure. While you set it up. Yeah, perfect. Okay, I forwarded you the read. Okay, let's see. You got uh, headphones too that you're gonna need? No. Okay. Actually, I might hold. I have an. I have a pair too. There you go. You liar. Cool. I guess we're just lying to each other now. Regular Brett Merriman. <laughs> it was a great birthday tweet I that sent him. Incredible. <laughs> Happy birthday, a liar and all around good guy. That was like people from like all sorts of different worlds were liking that one. Just like different people who have crossed paths with Brett. Uh, This is... I'm not cutting any of this. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> getting forward to getting uh, moving on this Randy conversation. Also moving in the air, traveling, train, wherever you're going in these times as we get back to the new, new normal. People are going to be traveling, going places, seeing friends. And when I do it, Pete, I'm going to be doing so with my away luggage away is a modern lifestyle brand that creates thoughtful products for every traveler and every kind of trip they started off with the perfect suitcase crafted with features that make you your travel more seamless you know what i'm talking about plugging right in charging up doing that uh betty rubble betty flintstone oh yeah they they do uh charge it (laughs) you see that live action flintstone one no it's got oh john John Goodman, goodman yeah halle berry this is going to shock you. Halle Berry looks great in that movie. It was a children's movie, and I was like, damn, Halle Berry. Similarly, I was like, damn, this luggage from away is excellent. I've had great trips with it. I'm looking forward to many more. Whether it's a trip to the corner store, a weekend away, or an extended stay with friends and family, we're all navigating the current reality of travel, but no matter your destination or style, Away's suitcases, bags, and accessories all come in a variety of colors, sizes, and materials to suit your needs and inspire your future travels. These are the types of things you're getting with all suitcases. They're going to last a lifetime. With durable exteriors, they can withstand even the roughest of baggage handlers. We've talked about this. <laughs> bring on, bring on the worst. Bring on the. Uh, let me th- uh, bring on Tom Wilson, Ryan Reeves, and apparently now Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> they will do their worst to your luggage, and it will be okay. Every suitcase comes with an interior organization system that includes a built-in compression pad to help you pack more in, and a hidden and removable laundry bag that separates your dirty clothes. Pete, we've talked about this before. Worst part about going back is you got to put the dirty clothes in with the clean clothes. No, not with the way. They keep that separated. There's four 360-degree spinner wheels that are guaranteed for the smoothest roll, 
even through the most hectic of airports and stations. So Ryan Reeves, Jake DeBrusque, Tom Wilson, they'd be firing pucks at, at you, laying down the spike things that they do in movies to make the tires pop. Yeah, spike strips. Spike strips. Tell you what. I don't know if this is true, but Away is going to hold up through those. <laughs> Plus, a TSA-approved combination lock to keep all your belongings safe. Away products are designed to last a lifetime. If any part of your suitcase breaks, the standout customer service will arrange to have it fixed or replaced. And there's a 100-day trial on everything Away makes. Take the product out on the road, live with it, travel with it, even get lost with it for 100 days. If you decide it's not for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund during that period. No ifs, ands, or asterisks. And there's free shipping and returns on any order within the contiguous U.S., U.K., Europe, and Canada. Start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of travel essentials, including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash brunch. That's awaytravel.com slash brunch. Make that call, Pete. Make the call. Make the call. Make the call. Make the call. I got to squeeze in here? Yeah, you want to plug in here as well? Plug in where? Oh, right here. Sure. Hey, boys. Hello, Mr. Randy Havens. It's Randy. Can you hear us? Oh, I got to switch the... Okay, looks like we're connecting. I'm hearing him. Hello, Mr. Randy Havens. Hey, I'm here. Oh, this is tremendous. I was What's wondering up? when it's, from brunch. it's the bad boys of podcasting. Yeah, just they just got done with a read. We just got done with a read. Do you want to guess what it was for? Joy Bird. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you have video or no? Yeah. Okay. Cool. This uh, is me, amazing. Let me add the camera. This here. is as far as I can move over, DJ. I'm gonna so, do it go like this. On, there we go. On, one second. I'll be right back. This is all real. He's got a backdrop. What is going on here? This is the first time that we've ever done this on the fly. Oh, heck yeah. Look at this. Look at this guy. Okay, gotta switch it up. Gotta change it up. Gotta He's got that Hotlanta Falcons hat on. Here we go. Congra- hey, what's up? Congratulations on Kyle Pitts, Randy. Ah, gonna be a good one. Joining us now, by the way, is actor Randy Havens, friend of the podcast, saw a tweet, had to give you a buzz and say, Randy, checked with Pete, didn't even check with Pete, I just saw the tweet, knew Pete would, actually, no, I read the tweet, and you said, what? So then I called you, Randy, and uh, now we're gonna have it out. You just saw Dog Joker. I just saw Dog Joker. With Miss um, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Famous actress. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Did Best you love it? Dog Best known for the favorite. I liked it a lot, too. Uh, you tweeted, though, that your issue was with... You had an issue with the soundtrack, which one of my had... top notes is, what a soundtrack. Ew. No? I like the soundtrack a lot. You don't like that 70s it's... music, bruv? Okay. I have a problem with music. What I have a problem with is that every minute of the movie doesn't have to be a new song, bro. Very true. There was like literally the first five minutes of the movie. It's five songs. That's actually true. Um, uh, on, on another note, every one of the songs is overplayed 
anyway. Yes, it's a lot of like one way or another. It's a lot of uh, they have the zombies. I was thinking early on. I was like, this is a very expensive soundtrack. Any t- once you hear the, doom, 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 you're like, man, this movie yeah. spent. I mean, Randy's right. no no stranger to uh to yeah. You were on Stranger to, Things to, season to, to two, bruv. With, with big uh, music soundtracks. Come on. Yeah, but. Uh, do you really think the music on Stranger Things is overdone? Do you think there's too much music on Stranger Things? No, there was they weren't peppering you with the the music. But yeah, this has so we got the Doors, we've got Nina Simone doing Feeling Good, we've got um yeah, do I we have Tina a list? Turner. I, I would like to see a list of the songs. Stone Cold on... Crazy in the car chase. That was so it was all right. Folks, if you haven't seen Dog Joker, sympathy for the devil. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, let's get into a. To a, a first of all, I think that the music plays into. Uh, they really want to hammer it home that they were doing like a punk rock, gritty version of Cruella. And oh, it would have been cool if they played some punk rock. That's true. Like the the, the punkiest it gets is, I think, uh, one way or another. Right. Pretty much. Like Blondie was uh, as well, punk now, as it got. Now I want to be your dog. Is is I would say that's punk. What was the song that they did at uh at like the the show outside? I want to be your dog. That's, okay, that's, so that was definitely that dog, was yeah. definitely like the uh okay we are doing a punk rock version of Cruella here. Yeah, right. You are right, Randy. It was it was shoved down your throat, but I I I don't want to find and it. It was constant. Notes, there was no score. The, this the movie didn't have a score. The score was the soundtrack, and I'm like. This is annoying. Like, now you're going to ruin it for I think that everything you're saying is you probably have, if, right. If, if you have big moments, like you can accentuate a big moment with a great song. If you have a bunch of songs throughout the movie that is just like, okay, the soundtrack is just loud, 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 loud constantly. Then when it comes time for like a big moment, there's what, what's the point? So can we at least say that there was one big moment that was accentuated by a song that literally give me gave me goosebumps when Cruella unveils herself at the big event and she's starting fires doing all like assaulting people not getting arrested doing all sorts of crazy things that you're just not allowed to do and then things like start some chaos starts to happen and it all starts to happen in slow motion and they start to play they play the violent intro of Living Thing by ELO which is one of the best songs ever but there was so sure. much music. But to I've that seen point. a movie called Boogie Nights, and they right. So they, God, Randy, look, Randy. So it's about Randy's time somebody says this about you. Okay, we get it. You know, like films and like you you do the films and you do the acting and everything. Doesn't mean that you can't put living thing in a bunch of songs <laughs> and a bunch of movies. Okay, I just had to say it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, there are films that have great soundtracks, right? Like James Gunn knows how to do a soundtrack, right? For Quentin sure. Tarantino knows how to do a great soundtrack. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson knows how to do a great soundtrack. And it's like... And music and, video. And, 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 That's and, true. And, and, and yeah, music video. Hi, so music now, video. Um, um, so I think there's a, there's a way to use move, music in a, in a really fun and exciting way. And I feel like Mr. Craig Gillespie uh, missed the mark. It's the one part of the movie where he missed the mark. I thought the costumes were amazing. I thought the characterization was amazing. I thought the story was good. Um, I thought Emma Stone was knocking it out of the park. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fashion obviously was incredible. I am just going to say that, in all seriousness, I thought that living thing scene was great. And I loved once it transformed from Estella to Cruella. So a little backstory, if you haven't seen the movie again, you're absolutely fucked on this conversation. But <laughs> uh, Estella is a kid that likes fashion, uh, loses her mother because someone kind of kills her mother using... Uh, guard Dalmatians, which are very, of course, famous attack Dalmatians. So she moves to the city and she gets into fashion and then she finds out some bad stuff about a fashion person and she decides, okay, I'm going to become the Joker and turns into the Joker and then starts ruining all this fashion person's events by being this kind of fashion Joker. And everything is great about it except the transition from Estella to Cruella I thought was so choppy and even in like a kid's crazy, even though it's not really a kid's movie, even in like a gritty, uh, ridiculous movie where there are attack Dalmatians, I thought the transition, getting her from Estella to Cruella was so tough. And then once she was like locked into being Cruella for the first like five minutes of that, I was like, I can't believe you're still talking like this. Your plan was to dress up as this person and like be in character for a few seconds and then she just never left character and then she kind of turned into like freddie mercury for a little bit she did a better job playing freddie mercury than remy malik hats off there but once at least for me once i accepted okay now she's cruella and she's just fucking shit up it was awesome i thought the movie was super enjoyable i thought that it was very very enjoyable i thought it was very fun like it was definitely ridiculous at times and you know i think that's at least partially to be expected when you're talking about a fucking Cruella de Vil origin story. Sure. Um, the, the big problem for me, I guess, and it's it's not that big of a problem, but, like, if you're going to do an origin story on, like, a, a, a definitely evil character that you grew up with, you have to really toe the line between, like, making his, him or her sympathetic. And, like, there's really nothing in this movie that you would say, like... Oh, okay. She now she's crossed the line and she's become bad. Like they totally at, skirt the whole yeah. she murders dogs thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. She doesn't. She she never kills a dog in the in this movie, right? Doesn't uh, kill a no. dog. Doesn't kill they, a person. They, they, they sort of they sort of hint at it. Um. Uh. She's mean to her friends. Yeah. She's mean to the guy from yesterday. She takes she takes, she takes advantage of the guy from Game of Thrones and uh, Richard Jewell. And Richard, I was going to say, uh, your boy, Paul Walter. Yeah, why Hauser is it that like every time Paul Wal- Walter Hauser has a project, we have to have like Randy on? Hey, you're both from Atlanta. What's that like? <laughs> is he from Atlanta? He's, no, he's not from Atlanta. He's, um, he's a <laughs> Chicago guy. Oh, okay. Maybe I, oh, I thought he was from Atlanta because he played somebody from Atlanta in the movie uh, yeah. Richard Jewell. So he did his job. Yeah. He yeah. pretended to be um, somebody. I so is he? A, I, I know he came up in the in the Chicago. Is he really uh, a street comedy. tough from London? Who? Uh, <laughs> that's the funny who mugs thing. People? Is, is um uh he, that's where he actually got his start. Before he did comedy, he was a he was a street tough. London <laughs> street tough. Him and um, wait, that dude from yesterday is also in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the guys in. Well, I don't. You don't watch Star Wars, so correct. Um, Not a Harry uh, Potter guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's he was he was one of the uh, slave merchants. Ooh, did you ever see yesterday? No, 
No, I heard your review and I said, <laughs> "Yep." <laughs> you thought you didn't need it after that? Why? Uh, well, I watched yesterday again during the pandemic. It was Did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? You know, we all had a lot of time. We all had too much time. That's right. I can't believe too much time by Sticks wasn't in the Dog Joker. Man, now you, you I, can, we, can we can we look can we look at the soundtrack? Can we yeah can we pull that up? Okay, uh, where's our where's the intern? Can we pull that up? Okay, we got "Call Me Cruella" by Florence and the Machine. That was okay. That was at the end. Uh, "Bloody Well Right." Yeah, Super Tramp is so, in this. So "Call Me Cruella," I thought would have been a great or or even like "Cruella Deville," right? Yeah, that song would have been a great song to put in place of sympathy for the devil because i'm like okay well at least sympathy for the devil is a little bit clever in the context of deville yeah but um but even then it's sympathy for the devil i was like oh my god might as well have played like devil in a blue dress Ooh, they should have played devil in a blue dress that would have been awesome devil in a blue dress blue you know that one yeah i know that one that's why i brought it sick (laughs) sick uh whisper whisper Bee Gees. Five to one, the doors feeling good. Nina Simone, fire. Ohio players, whole lot of love. Ike and Tina Turner, living thing. ELO, stone cold crazy during the car chase. One way or another, should I stay or should I go? That's another like, yee. That's got to be in every movie. I love Paris. Georgia Gibbs, uh, love is like a violin. Ken Dodd, I want to be your dog. Come together, Ike and Tina Turner. The uh, it did have a great mid credit scene where the lawyer guy ends up writing the Cruella Deville song. I did not well, right. see that. So, you didn't see the mid credit scene? No. Oh yeah, the guy just uh, the piano player guy who they for they bring up for no reason that he's a lawyer, but he also plays piano. And at the end, he's just sitting in his apartment with uh, does he? Oh, she sends the three dogs, flotsam and jetsam, to uh, well, so, different people. So he. So here's the deal. I mean, this is this is big time spoiler territory. Oh, um, those two are the characters from 101 Dalmatians. Who? Pongo, dogs. Pongo's dogs in together. Pongo's so, in 101 so, Dalmatians. Yes, Perdita too. So, yes. So oh. those two dogs fall in love. And then they bring their owners together who also fall in love. Those dogs have puppies. Those puppies get kidnapped by Cruella DeVille along with 84 other Dalmatians. And <laughs> that's where you get 101 Dalmatians. Okay, so I definitely well, knew the Pongo and Perdita thing. I did not know that the owners, like, basically Brady Bunch their yeah, uh, parents. You know yeah. I don't remember yeah. that. And, and so also the... Um, uh, him writing the Cruella de Vil song is canon in 101 Dalmatians. That's ah. amazing. I uh, I, they, I did they, pick up on like... It becomes like a big pop hit uh, in the 101 Dalmatians universe. Really? And and that's where they get their money and that's how they're able to sort of like uh, get back at Cruella and get their dogs back. I kid you not, that was my favorite song when I was a kid. Wow. Cruella de Vil. I, I like, my parents have videos of me dancing around mm-hmm. like rocking the fuck out to Cruella DeVille. I did pick up at the end of the movie that uh that Paul Walter Hauser's character is like he's looking a little f- the that the dog's looking a little fat which would uh I think uh foreshadows Pregnant, the yeah. pregnancy. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I I don't know what this would be rotten tomatoes wise. I'm guessing it's got a I would guess like a low 90s audience score. Let's see. I uh I'm 
I'm going to say it beat Paddington, too. What? Fuck off. Oh, Get out of here. Trash. 97% audience score. Holy smokes. That is very, very, very high. 74% tomato meter. In reality, I think this is like a high 80s. I um no, I think it's I think it's lower than that, honestly, and I really liked it. But like I, I've been doing the uh, the whole letterboxed thing recently, and I've been doing all the uh, the the out of five stars on Letterbox. I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah, you give anything five stars. I'm I, I'm so stingy with the with that yeah. star. Right, like if if I give something five stars, it's going to be like a movie that I think should win Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that. Oh yeah, I would probably say four stars but again like there's such a big like do you guys agree that the her becoming cruella was the most ridiculous absolutely tough to follow thing i didn't think it was like tough to follow i just thought it was just like oh we're just we're just doing this now like (laughs) we're we're here i I didn't think that the transition was subtle right right i I think it's a little too sudden Mm -hmm. um uh i love the idea that like you know that of how she comes up with it. She's like, oh, this is how we do it. This is how we get back at her. Now that I've figured out who she is and what she's done, um, uh, now we got to get her, which I thought was a great thing. And it's like, oh, well, of course, this is the perfect way to get her. Like, you bring, you know, you bring this aspect of your personality um, back and uh, defeat her that way. Um, which I thought was great, but I but I was like, you could have spent a little more time getting there. Um, but I mean, the movie was already jam packed with stuff, so you you know there there'd have to be stuff that would get cut. Maybe a little I, less. I, the store owner being super mean to her at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. We got that like right. three hundred times. That guy was so mean, and I felt like it was it was a little long to begin with. Oh right, right, yeah the uh, the guy from uh, yeah with the uh, J C Penny the guy. Like, the guy from Fleabag. He's sure. in Fleabag? Yeah, he's rat he's rat tooth or rat mouth. I gotta watch that show. Shout out Emma Thompson. She was great. She was it? great. Uh, so like, Emma Thompson was, she, I, she was I thought awesome. all the characters I thought the actors were so good. Even like the day players were so good. There's like a waiter who gets hit in the face with a with a champagne cork at one point, and I was like, that guy didn't even have a line and he was good. <laughs> yeah, a little less Mark Strong than I would have liked, but I was gonna say Everybody, but everybody found their way to shine. Yeah. Mark Strong included. But when you see him in a movie, you're like, oh, so yes. I don't know be- if this was like an intentional choice. And it goes back to the fact that like uh, she is still kind of a sympathetic character. But this very much felt like part one of two of a Cruella origin story. Like it doesn't feel like we've gotten there yet. And maybe that's an intentional choice where it sets up a, a, a sequel because apparently we're doing fucking origin sequels to origin stories now right with uh with regular joker and we're doing joker joker so no i I think that there's still a little ways to go to get to the uh the cruella that we know who's just trying to murder hundreds of puppies i think that's intention i think that they left all that out because they just want to pretend it isn't going to happen but like if you're going to pretend that it isn't going to happen then the the movie doesn't serve a purpose like you can't do a gritty Cruella origin story and pretend like she doesn't become the character that we all know her as. But I mean, that is what they did, though. And so you that's, know what? I'll that's knock my it biggest down. criticism. I'll, yeah, I'll knock it down. And I did say that earlier that like she, they just kind of pretend she doesn't murder dogs. I think you got to lose a full letter grade for that. Like I think that the regular we call it Dog Joker, but I think that the regular Joker did a pretty good job of like presenting the story and showing how he got there. 
and somewhat making him sympathetic, but also like having him cross the point of no return where you're like, fuck, this guy has done some unforgivable shit. And he is like, he has transformed into somebody who is like probably cannot come back from this. Yeah. Once you murder somebody for just kind of being mean to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, that's bad enough. Then, then when you kill Robert De Niro, yeah, on live TV, that's that's unforgivable. When you That's do when you do what Robert De Niro was kind of doing anyway in King of Comedy, but he didn't actually yeah. do it in that movie. When you out De Niro in King of Comedy, De Niro, that's a bridge too far. Did you see uh you see A Quiet Place too? No. The lack of pre- pre- preparation for this episode, Randy, is uh Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I didn't do my homework. Um uh I will say this like th- there's th- a, a, another big difference between Joker and 101 Jokers. Uh, 101 Dog Jokers <laughs> is um that Joker like at the end of Joker uh it's kind of like there's there's kind of a little thing where where the Joker's kind of like winking and going like, or or is that the true story or am I just making that up? Because he's uh, an unreliable narrator, right? Um, and that is a that's a callback to a, a, a graphic novel called uh, Killing Joke, where uh, he tells his origin story. Um, uh, but then he's like, or or am I? Or is it? I don't know. Um, which I thought it was an interesting little thing, and and we don't really get that here because like where does where's that line? Because next, you know, the movie basically ends at the beginning of 101 Dalmatians, and it's like okay, so now we're we're now like ready for Cruella to be a dog murderer. Yeah, I think I think that like you shouldn't crave a sequel at the end of an origin story, hmm. and now I'm sort of craving the sequel because again, we didn't get there. You just need you just need them to admit it, right? Yeah. Like I I, I don't trust, and that's why when you say you uh, will there be a sequel, like I don't trust there will be a sequel because I'm assuming based on how they completely cut that stuff out that they did it because they want this to be a thing where they can pretend Cruella Deville isn't a sociopath who kills dogs, which that's kind of her brand. They just totally left it out. I don't know. I would. I mean, I would take more of Emma Stone being Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I mean, uh, the um, have you guys already made this joke? Cruella Deville wears Prada. No, Ooh. but there's obviously a. I, I've heard people say like it's got Devil Wears Prada vibes, definitely. And I'm like, just mean people in fashion. Yes. Well, I mean, there is like the big fashion icon who is like quite mean to her understudy. Yeah, this is a yeah. pretty pretty solid tie there. Yeah, there and also no dog deaths in Devil Wears Prada. Also, a lot of uh, Clark Kent stuff going on in this movie, where it's like, uh, you, you, oh, you really not seeing it? It's very oh very God. clear. Yeah, very clear but that this that person I'll is forgive, the same though. person. I thought there was a. I thought there was an opportunity to make a joke. Uh, that that they missed. Um, uh, when she comes, you know, she's got the friend at like the consignment shop, mm-hmm. who like helps her make dresses. Um, she comes in, you know, uh, as as Stella, 
Um, then she comes in as Cruella, and he doesn't recognize her. And then she comes in a third time, and oh, she's yeah. got the mustache on. <laughs> and I wanted him to not know who yeah, she was. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, he's the dumbest like, person in the world. If, if you would have done that... <laughs> Then it could have been like, okay, in this universe, if somebody just looks slightly <laughs> different, no one recognizes them. That's a good point. That um, would have been uh, very, very funny. It's like, who? Yeah. I've never I'm met you in my life. And we're, we're going to do a quick re-edit. On but wait a second. You don't do look exactly like... <laughs> you, you're wearing different clothes than what you wore before. You're, you have a Trashman's outfit on and you have a mustache. You're clearly not the person that I think you are. I did like all the, hey, uh, I, lo- I liked all the love that the newspaper was getting. A lot of stuff made out of newspaper. Very cool. Love having you on. This is the first time we've had you on since we've joined the Washed fam. And it's good that our Washed friends can now be Randy friends. That's right. Well, uh, hey, Washed fam. This is. Um, well, it sounded like you were doing me. like a radio thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, Washed hey, fam, watch this is Randy fam. Havens. Uh, Randy Havens. Oh yeah, and do, you're wait, listening you, wait, to brunch. Do that for uh, do that for the cold open. Hey, Washed fam, this is Randy Havens. I'll I'll do some editing stuff to it. So, and you're listening to brunch on Washed Media. Great. Hey, Washed fam, this is Randy Havens, and you're listening to brunch on Washed Media. Do one more where you do a, take a little break between. Uh, Havens and and you're listening to brunch on Wash Media. Great. Three. Hey, Wash fam, this is Randy. Oh, sorry, you fucking you were gonna, you were gonna count <laughs> Three, me in. Two. Hey, Wash fam, this is Randy Havens, and you're listening to brunch on Wash Media. You got pipes, buddy. Yeah, hell yeah, brother. You got pipes. You doing voiceover yeah, work I miss, or what? I, I miss my calling for Wash Media. Yes. Calling. Awesome. We love you. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, I just want to say one more thing before I go. Uh, just a quick. <laughs> oh, we got What us. a move. What a move. He got us. He got us in our own fucking game. I love that. All right. We got about two minutes to do A Quiet Place 2. Okay. Very exciting. We both had the same issue, which was that they clearly just got Cillian. Is that how you say his name? Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Cillian Murphy. Great actor. Handsome guy, looks like former Boston Bruin Seth Griffin. Griffith, forget his name. Very nice kid, though. And they just had him be John Krasinski for the movie. Yeah, and uh, it was a lot of the same stuff. And, uh, you know, that's not a bad thing. Like, I loved A Quiet Place, but I, I felt like I didn't need the sequel after the first one because I liked the idea that they didn't explain anything. And I just assumed that if you're going to make a sequel, you're going to explain some of the stuff. And like, especially because they open it up with the day one and they do day one where all this stuff starts to happen. And then they jump all the way ahead to the end of uh, end of a quiet place, the, the original. And then they just go from there. Yeah. Like there's there's no time that you miss other than like the stuff that you already missed and they they never really explain or like really build off of what you learned from the first one. They, they right. you don't learn a single thing in the entire second movie. So is the third one probably going to be between the first day and how we, then when we get to the first one? That's, because of like if they do another like the, there's two things they can do. They can either bridge that gap or they can do one that finally ends it and solves it and. 
This one could have been the one that finally ended it and solved it, kind of. And they just chose at the end for it not to be, which is what movies do. That was really annoying. I think that if you're going to do another one, it I, it has to be more of a... Um, uh, either it's got to conclude the the saga, like you got to find a clean conclusion, or you have to explore more of like where the world is as uh, as like a society from a society standpoint and not just the aliens thing because they touched on that like just a tiny bit they had yeah. like the gang that like tried to kidnap them or whatever and zombies kind of like the not, little girl was like yeah, looked like a zombie they like made her seem that way as like bait yeah um and like i think that if you explored like the gang side of it and just like how lawless this world is now that would be interesting but then you're venturing sort of into uh walking dead territory and very much got that feel on the dock yeah and like i don't know if i want that or i need that with a quiet place but like it seemed like they wanted to go there they did a little taste of it and they had cillian murphy talking about like these people aren't worth saving blah 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 and you just didn't really get enough of that to be satisfying and you didn't get enough uh of a new experience otherwise to make this feel like it was worth it. I'll leave off on this three very bad jump scares. Like this movie had, I think the first one did too, but this was a crazy jump scare movie. The one at the beginning with the cop, there's one on the train and then there's one in the car. Although you kind of see the one in the the car coming train. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean the, the train is just, such a suspenseful scene that you're like at some point a door is going to open and something's going to jump out or whatever but i really like this movie like i thought that this was yeah like in a vacuum it's a very entertaining movie they've given us two really good movies right. and i th- i think that a third one is not going to do anything for me yeah and like i think that this is definitely worth seeing i think i gave it three out of five stars like it is follow pete on letterbox yes and it is very enjoyable but again it doesn't it Ultimately, I feel like I have to deduct points because I feel like it didn't really serve a purpose other than just making another Quiet Place movie. I would go four out of five and please no more.